0: Your presentation welcome back to another untitled movie review i am one of your hosts matt rorbeck alongside he's allergic to tomatoes but he is tomato meter approved eric Machin, rorbeck rorbeck where art thou rorbeck i'm a, I'm. who i like it uh yeah today we Brad are Rose. <laughs> i wish uh i uh yeah today we are reviewing karen Maine's rosslyn uh uh starring caitlin deaver isabella uh merced uh kyle allen bradley whitford mini driver shooter mcgavin and more <laughs> christopher um, mcdonald yeah, Sean okay. teal yeah and more yeah. um Eric, I'm out of it. We've already we talked off camera for about this. It's been a weird week, but I'm excited. It's a for short some week, week, right? Yeah, I think after the yeah, happy um, Canadian Thanksgiving to everyone who um, uh, is Canadian, I guess,
1: <laughs> <laughs> or celebrates Thanksgiving because you never know. It, you know. Or had a good long weekend. I mean, that's yeah. I think that's where we're coming from. Where it's like the shorter work week, or like getting back into a regular routine after having you know four days off it kind of throws you for a loop a little bit. So. I, was, loop
0: was, I was like, you either have a loopy energy or no energy or a mix uh, of both. Not you, per- like, exactly, but I mean just in general. But I got that half loopy, half I'm out of it energy, so this should be fun.
1: Well, you're wearing the hoodie and, and the kind of funny hat, so yeah. I, I consider you kind of like both, you know, ready to go, but also, you know, just ready to relax. Just chill, bro. Just you chill, know, bro. Just, which is just, uh, just to
0: talk about a nice, chill movie like Rosalind. Rob yes, but mine. before
1: we do that, I wanted to quickly uh, mention, um, Matt, you found out that your 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 uh, grandmother, your late grandmother, had a connection to uh, the movies. Oh,
0: yeah. We'll talk about that on the main show, I think. But, yeah, if we're getting into things. Well, we're talking about stuff, Karen Maine, aren't we?
1: The director um, of uh, Rosalind.
0: We are, yeah. And then, um, yeah, my, my great-great – no, my great-grandmother. So, my Oma's mother um, – uh, we were going through some um this is nothing so anyone who tuned in for for this review is going to be like who's this guy why is he talking about this but most of our <laughs> listeners probably do care I'll, I'll talk about it on the main show but she worked as like a film gluer which i looked up was like someone who helped put together film prints um whether it was for editing movies or whether it was at a cinema and like putting together the prints i'm not absolutely sure but it was like a cool Uh, like mind-blowing kind of connection, right? Because I always got my love for movies and things from partly my Uncle Mark, which would be on my mom's side, which is that German side, um, because he's a cinematographer. I've talked about him before. Um, And when I was younger, he got me into video games and movies and stuff like that. But um, just a cool connection that I never knew existed until this Thanksgiving weekend when we were going through some of my uh, Oma's uh, like documents and things like that. So... Um, kind of cool. Um, but that was my Thanksgiving, uh, revelation. Uh, I also watched this movie that weekend too. So I guess bring it back to that. How was your Thanksgiving, Eric? Happy belated birthday. Um, you you got the gift of a Hulu and Disney plus streaming title. (laughs) Uh,
1: Well, I mean, what better way to celebrate, you know, 34 than to watch a movie that's actually quite enchanting and and you know an, an easy watch and enjoyable and also a movie that um you know will hopefully find the audience that it is really kind of targeting which i think is you know that coming of age kind of group that probably is in high school right now and and i think that that's you know who will it will speak to more so than two you know
0: yeah
1: <laughs> white dudes yeah. that are that are kind of more you know mid-30s. quote unquote <laughs> yeah cynical and jaded but it is a very um uh lovely little movie and, and and like yeah just thinking about like how incredible an actor caitlin deaver is and and thinking about you know like you know her work in films like short term 12 and you know detroit and even you know more recently in 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 other films but like you 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 just are just really impressed when an actor can carry a movie on their own. And, you know, it's not just an ensemble piece, you know, and, and, and I think that she does perfectly here. And like, it's one of those movies where it's like, okay, well after this, hopefully she'll get more leading roles instead of being a part of, you know, just an ensemble cast. Yeah. Um, yeah, and like even something like Dear Evan Hansen, which is you know a terrible movie, but she brings more. She's the least you know,
0: terrible element of
1: it. Well, <laughs> emotional depth and 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 yeah. and honesty and, and and a reality to the situation than anybody else in the film. So with this, I mean, it's just basically. A retelling of the story of Romeo and Juliet, but from the point of view of Romeo's first love uh being uh Rosalind and Caitlin Deaver gives just a magnetic performance here, super charming, delightful, mm-hmm. always, you know, quick-witted and you know, always willing to challenge the patriarch. And and it's one of those movies that really does rest on on the lead. And and I think that she does carry this thing the whole way through, not to say The film doesn't have other kind of bright moments or is fun, but it's also a fairly straightforward retelling with, you know, hints of making a comment here and there on, you know, love being a very passionate thing. And also, you know, Romeo himself kind of being a flawed Lothario in that, you know, what would have that relationship between Romeo and Juliet have been if it had grown because it really is sort of you know uh not an everlasting thing and i think that that's the commentary it is making on on the movie
0: yeah i i totally am in agreement with you i think caitlin deaver charming as heck um it's the type of movie i would have been i tweeted this like super stoked to watch in english class in high school when my teacher was like too hung over to continue Romeo and Juliet, like um, kind of readings or something like that. Like it, it's I think it's perfect for that age group, perfect for people who are starting to study Shakespeare or get interested in it, I guess, or or trying to get younger people interested in Shakespeare, I guess, because Shakespeare can be kind of hard to uh, I, I even found in high school, which I did like Romeo and Juliet and 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 hamlet and stuff like that but i feel like something like this is that palatable kind of easy experience that kind of goes oh, okay like i i get this so maybe now i can understand this other thing or or work myself over to that and um yeah i thought like it's modern sensibilities i think never really clashed with the shakespeare stuff it is a fun what if story um I, I think it's just kind of a aesthetic that works for me like I'm not a big I'm not a period piece boy you know this Eric uh, no. I don't really love period pieces um, it's just something about them just uh, but there's always an exception to there the rule. Is. I mean like something like phantom thread for example yep, really liked it I mean again of. we were talking off air too of how if we're predictable in our in our tastes and I think in some ways we are and in sometimes there's a wild card or sometimes we're just unpredictable and you'll never know what we like or do like. Um, I think this aesthetic of like uh being set in a certain time period but using modern sensibilities, whether it's language, whether it's the way people interact, the different characters, the music, all that kind of stuff. Um, I think especially with young people, makes that kind of and learning about certain eras and different stories like easier. And and that's not talking down to anyone because I'm even as a 34 year old man, like it makes it more palatable to me sometimes too. Um, But that's an aesthetic that just kind of always works for me. And I thought this movie, while it was never like hilarious, like laugh out loud funny, I find my I found myself like throughout the entire film going, huh, that was really clever or like, oh, that was clever. Like or I'd like kind of chuckle at something and then write a little note and go like, oh, that. That was a fun way of taking something modern and putting it into this time period. And I found myself doing that throughout the whole movie. And then it kind of just, yeah, it tries to kind of make one of those modern streaming teen rom-coms that you see like on Netflix and things like that, like to all the boys I've loved before and like all those. There's a bazillion of them where it's just like I think it really kind of nails that vibe but puts it into the Shakespeare universe, (laughs) to use other terms that young people would uh, uh, get. I I sound so old right now. Um, But anyways, I I really, really kind of enjoyed it for the, you know, very brief running time. And and it's not a movie that I'm necessarily going to be like, thinking about at the end of the year, or even in future years, or even have a desire to rewatch ever. But like, I enjoyed my time with it, It, seeing people like Bradley Whitford as Friar Lawrence and and Christopher McDonald as Lord Montague. (laughs) Like that stuff works, I think, for people our age group, too. Right. And like and even older Um, that kind of, you know, just seeing Shooter McGavin as Lord Capulet uh, is kind of everything. Steve, the courier. Hilarious. Um, things like, you know, in a breakup in a teen movie of like usually the character would be listening to some sad breakup song in their in their bedroom in the movie, it's a violinist or a celloist or, or forget what it was, but like playing the song live to her in her bedroom. So it's those little things that' was like, oh, what would a teenager do in this time period that is very much like what we do today? And I thought all those moments were super clever. So yeah, I enjoyed my time with it. I thought it was a charming little movie.
1: Yeah, well, even, you know, uh, Rosalind's uh, friendship with her cousin Juliet in, in, you know, kind of bar hopping and hanging out and getting to know her, I think is... Um, very affable. And and you like both of the leads in, in, in that regard, in terms of their chemistry and their friendship. And I think the casting is really well done. Like I really bought into the kind of family dynamic between Bradley Whitford and Caitlin Deaver. It kind of felt like there were moments where they both had similar mannerisms. And it was just like, you know, they were really putting in kind of, you know, the the sort of dialect, but also just, you know, the you know, like father, like daughter kind of vibe in there. And so with that as well, like it just kind of feels like there's a little bit more attention to certain details that, you know, might not be kind of considered uh first and foremost. And then even, you know, the character of Paris, I think that that character has been given a new layer that hasn't been added before in that, you know, it's representing somebody who is a gay man and, you know, his own family is ashamed of him and it says he says that in one sort of passing line that he has to kind of deal with that and it's nice to know that there's some empathy there and understanding that you know it's not all about you you know it's not just your world it's you know there are other people in it and I think that that's an important part of this story that you know it's not just simply you know just uh Rosalind's perspective you know that she has to consider other people around her and what she does throughout the story is you know she goes out of her way to you know help this relationship between Romeo and Juliet to the point where you really dislike Romeo even though I actually kind of like Kyle Allen oh he's he's, good yeah he brings that
0: not total f-boy energy to it but that kind of young love kind of Yeah. uh, yeah
1: yeah Almost with like that surfer dude. kind yes, of vibe yeah. you know, A little bit. I, I mean, laughed really
0: hard when he gives her the necklace at the beginning, and he's like, "I carved it myself." And it's just like really crappy. So, like, and he and was scratch. in West
1: Side Story too, which was also you know inspired oh, right. by Romeo and Juliet. He was uh, one of the, the the sort of the the Montague esque characters uh, with the Jets versus the Sharks. So um, yeah, it's it's one of those movies where like I I think the thing I appreciated the most is that it is calling Romeo out a little bit on being a player. Mm-hmm. And that he's more in love with the concept of love than he yeah. is with any one individual. And there's nothing wrong with that inherently, but it's how you treat the people that you have that intimacy with. Yeah. You know, don't and ghost the way... people. And exactly. Like that, yeah. And the way he hurts uh Rosalind, I feel is like one of the few things that's never really kind of resolved or never there's never really an apology or mm-hmm. anything there. And it kind of that was the only thing that kind of drove me a little bit nuts but um other than that like it's a fairly well made maybe with the exception of some of the green screen um, (laughs) uh, sequences and then you know uh uh Rosalind Suter uh Dario played by Chantil who
0: gotta play brothers with Oscar Isaac
1: he looks so much like Oscar Isaac um is again like kind of that typical kind of you know, uh, dark horse romantic kind of uh leading man that comes in and is, you know, you kind of know that there there's gonna be friction between the two, but then ultimately they fall in love and the classic you know, enemies to there. lovers, Eric.
0: Enemies yes. to lovers.
1: Yeah, it's it's I learned it's that just... term
0: from Nevis and my sister. It's a book thing, I
1: think. <laughs> it's just a really kind of like straightforward rom-com and an inverse version yeah. of a lot of those Shakespearean adaptations from the late 90s into the early 2000s, like 10 Things I Hate About You and and kind of playing on that, but except being set in, you know, Renaissance Italy instead of, you know, a contemporary setting or even something more darker and, and, and more kind of um, atmospheric, like uh, the Hamlet with uh, Ethan Hawke. So there's, it's just interesting that it's like they went back to that specific time, and then also you brought up, you know, having seen it, that Anne Juliet is is very similar.
0: So similar. Like I, I talked about Anne Juliet. I forget what episode of the Untitled Movie Podcast, but I'm sure you. I don't know if I wrote it in the description, but I'm sure I did. Um, but I, I talked about seeing that musical, which I think is very interesting. It's got that like. What do they call it when two movies in the same year are coming out, like twin twin movies or something like that? I forget what the actual term is, but like. But I know uh, what you mean like Armageddon and, and Deep Impact. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, Volcano things. and 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 Dante's Peak. Dante's and- Peak, yeah, stuff like that. So it's interesting with this movie coming out. With And Juliet* had its previews in, in Toronto and it's opening on Broadway, I think, like this month. And like um, or at the beginning of November, at least. But um, very similar, although very different, obviously. And Juliet is from Juliet's perspective. And it is more so a sequel. I keep looking up here thinking my camera is <laughs> up here because I didn't use my. normal. I thought there was today. something like falling. No, or... I just keep looking at this thinking it's my camera, but it's down here. Um, so I'll start <laughs> for the people here. watching this yeah, on YouTube. Yeah. Um, it's very different because Anne Juliet takes place after Romeo and Juliet. Juliet wakes up and it's about her kind of moving on and learning stuff about Romeo, Romeo being a F boy, um, kind of Romeo being a player is all kind of touched on. It uses modern language, it kind of tries to represent a, a feminist perspective from a modern sensibilities, like I'm talking about, which this movie does as well. Um, She has a gay best friend, Juliet does, um, just like Paris in this movie. Um, There's uh, the modern music, where in this, it's more of that kind of uh, Bridgerton vitamin string quartet kind of playing modern songs with uh, period-accurate instruments and stuff like that, where in and Juliet, they obviously break out into song and try to weave the songs uh, into that. But it's very interesting how similar they are, Um, which... I don't know. I think this was a book first, correct? And I'm not sure if it was just about um, based the, the, on when Juliet. you were mine by no, sorry, Ro- Rosalind. Oh, Rosalind. Uh, um, when you were mine by Rebecca Searle, Romeo and Juliet by William Shakespeare. So I'm not sure what when you were mine if it was from Rosalind's perspective and and uh, if it was modern or if they just took that kind of side story and made it modern but i don't know which came first but i don't think it matters but it's just interesting that i really liked and Juliet. i think even more than um rosalind but obviously very different being a stage musical and you know just a, a rom imitating a rom-com kind of uh, movie. So, uh, if you liked this though, like if you've, if you watch this movie and really like it, I know it's only in New York. So again, the accessibility issue there of like, you have to be in New York and go see a Broadway show, but, uh, and Juliet is excellent. It's, it's a lot of fun and it's very similar to what's tackled here. It's just more so on, on Juliet's perspective, but there's some good bits with Romeo, good bits with, um, kind of a, you know, uh, modern music and and stuff like that, 90s music and boy bands and stuff like that. It's great. Yeah, it, it's
1: one of those movies where, like, you know, again, Rosalind is a character that's never... Even you know seen and yeah, briefly uh, mentioned, right? Mentioned like the 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 one image or memory I have of that character in any other adaptation is weirdly in one of the the movies I don't really care for, which is Baz uh, uh William Shakespeare presents Romeo and Juliet. I like that movie. <laughs> um, where someone says like, "Oh, Romeo's first love," like he's you know he's lovesick or heartsick, and then someone writes her name on a chalkboard and they never actually say it, but it's written and it kind of cuts to that. And that was like the, the only kind of image I ever had of her as like a character or a presence Um, where this, like it now, like, you know, even though, again, we, we talked about it kind of being a fairly, you know, slight, but still enjoyable film. Perfect streaming movie really. Yeah. Now I will remember it more so as the movie that Caitlin Deaver kind of, you know, gave this character life to in in, in a lot of ways. So like, you know, and and for that, that's, you know, something to take away from. And that's why I'll probably, you know, that's why I'm going to give it a, a, a three out of five. And again, you know, at the beginning saying like how great uh Deaver's been since short-term 12, but also something even like book smart, which I think was, you know, one of the best performances of that year. Yeah. Um, so it's always great to see her, um, you know, in ensemble cast, but now taking uh, a lead role like this. And it has been, it's one of those productions that's been in development since like 2010. And it's kind of gone through a cycle of changes and the, the final film, again, very kind of, fluffy but still enjoyable and it's not a disaster but yeah to your point it is one of those movies where it's like you know you got a lazy sunday afternoon you're feeling like something that's kind of fun but still enjoyable and not necessarily just a chore because that's also important to kind of reiterate is that this doesn't feel like homework you know to watch this and it's not just like oh well you know i'm getting in some sort of academic you know um, quality out of this or something. It's not a
0: spoonful of sugar to make the medicine go down, although it is a little bit, but like it, it definitely just feels like it's just entertaining. And it's, again, I think a perfect streaming movie. I'm also going to give it a three. Um, I, yeah, I think it's that very positive skewing three though. Like I just, again, I I don't think you're going to hate your time with it. No matter, I think it's made for a specific age group, which is, you know, young people in high school and kind of in their teens and stuff like that. But um, even as two 34 year old dudes who were gray hair uh, still enjoyed it. So uh, go check out uh, Rosalind, which should be streaming on Disney plus in Canada uh, and Hulu in the United States uh, starting this Friday which is the date of October the 14th. I got there. Nailed it. I got it. You got it. I got there. So depending (laughs) on when this goes up, go check that out. And then if you're in New York and want to go see a a Broadway show, go see Anne Juliet, which has nothing to do with Hulu or 20th Century Studios or anything. But if you liked this movie, you will like it. Um, So I highly suggest uh, going to see that um and if you liked this podcast you might like our other work go check out uh the untitled movie podcast where eric and i each week or not each week sometimes
1: but (laughs) more sporadically post festival season
0: uh we did talk about the rosalind press conference that we attended um in our latest episode the super mario brothers movie trailer reaction uh we actually went to new york so this is all kind of the perfect segue. Um, we talked about Deadpool and She-Hulk, also Disney properties. So this is all working. It was all part of my plan. Um, Corporate and then our, synergy, and baby. Then our other reviews uh, for things like Werewolf by Night, uh, Amsterdam, Don't Worry Darling, How to Blow Up a Pipeline, The Greatest Beer Run Ever, Women Talking, Pearl, Andor, Triangle of Sadness, The Banshees of and Bros, Brother, uh, Glass Onion, uh, The Fablemans, The, Fablemans, and the Whale. More. Uh, We have all our TIFF coverage, so go over to the Reviews channel, which you're already on unless you're on YouTube, but the one-stop shop for everything. Just head over to Letterboxd, which is Untitled underscore Movies. What else was I going to say? I was going to say one more thing before we wrapped, but now I can't remember what it was. So Also, go follow me on all those social medias at Matt Rohrbeck.
1: Uh, you can find more of my video reviews on rogerstv.com size cinema scene. Uh, the latest episode, which is a TIFF wrap up, has the one and only Matt Rohrbeck. Enough of me, uh, enough. <laughs> uh, as much. the guest. And you can also follow me on the social medias at EM6211. I
0: remember now. It's more Christopher McDonald and things, and I'm very excited to see him in Secret Invasion. It is the comeback of Christopher McDonald. I don't know if he ever went anywhere, but it felt like he did. And so now he's I'm been seeing, around. I know he has, but you know what? Seeing him in something like this and then him coming up in an MCU thing, like just I know they're both Disney things. So again, very I think he's in
1: Hacks as well with Gene Smart.
0: Oh, I've heard Hacks is excellent. Uh, I do want to watch. Uh, Hacks. I'm looking through. This is now we were about to wrap, but now I need. This is going on the Chris (laughs) McDonald show. (laughs) Um, Yeah, you know what? Like a lot of these things, I haven't seen. They seem like fake movies, to be honest. Um, So I don't know what the last thing I saw him in was. Like. Let's go through Walking with Herb, Land of Dreams, We Can Be Heroes, Backtrace, Deep Murder. You, you get my point of these sound like fake movies now, right? Wetlands, <laughs> Once Upon a Time in Venice, The Crash, Exposed, Zipper, The Squeeze, don't worry. Oh, like zippers
1: with uh, Patrick Wilson, isn't it? I think it's yeah. actually a Darren Aronofsky produced movie.
0: You are. He's not listed here, but maybe. You're but right. it's like
1: protozoa. Yeah, probably. Company.
0: So anyways, that's going back to 2014 and I'm still going and I need to go because I don't know what any of these movies are. I'm trying to go. This is now while we're wrapping Black Widow. That's not the Black Widow that I'm thinking of. That's a different Black Widow. Wow, or fanboys. Okay. Fanboys would have been the last thing that I in 2009. Um, TV side of things. If you guys left already, that's fine. You're not even listening to this, but now I need to go into Christopher McDonald's filmography. So, Secret Invasion. Oh, he was in Impeachment American Crime Story as Robert Bennett, Robert S. Bennett. And he was in Hacks for three episodes, Eric. You're right. He was in Search Party, which is, I heard it was good. So, he kind of has done some good TV. Um rob Riggle Ski Master Academy. I have no idea what that is, but all right. Ballers. He was in 13 episodes of Ballers and the Good Wife. I know people like that too. All right. He's done some good TV. Shout out to Christopher McDonald and shout out to Caitlin Deaver and shout out to Rosalind. Eric, until next time.
1: Shooter McGavin, baby. Shooter. Ooh. Shooter. <laughs>